And yeah. an, an epiphany is like just the ability to accept you've been wrong for so long. And yeah. that's such a valuable skill that I think is missing. And it's so hard to do because it's like the internet exists to be like, you were wrong, you were wrong. It's like, it, we should be embracing that. Like, you were wrong, but that's okay. Like, yeah. as long as you had this realization, like, oh, I had an epiphany because I said this. And then somebody pointed out that that logic and then you also learn. means this. Yeah, you it's take like, in new information and grow. Welcome to the Love and Comedy Podcast, where two stand-up comedians talk pursuing love while pursuing a career in stand-up comedy. I am one of your hosts. Um, oh, I also forgot to say that we're two married stand-up comedians. Yes. And I'm <laughs> one are. of your married hosts. To, we're married to each other. I am, <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Aurora Singh. And I'm your other host, Drew Schaefer. <laughs> you really needed that note. I that, know. That I, phone. I, yeah, I know. I know. I, this is the first time I'm doing the intro without the phone. Look at me go! Yay! We're we're live. We're off script. Yay! <laughs> we're live in our closet. Woo woo! Uh, I think this is a, a good one to go off script for because today we're going to be talking about breakthroughs and epiphanies. Oh my gosh! What do you mean by that? I mean those moments in life, whether it's in a relationship or with comedy where something is said or done that changes how you view it. So whether that's somebody saying something to you after a set or in a relationship, realizing something about your partner or how you deal in a relationship, those big changes. I'm excited to talk about this. So let's just, let's just dive right in. Let's do it. So let's do some fun background questions. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um, when it comes to, first of all, first of all, breakthrough and epiphanies, like, let's define that really quick. Like, what does that mean? And why are those important? Yeah, to me, it's, it's just really like something that shifts your paradigm, like some thought or action that changes the world forever for you. How about you? I think I, I think I agree, which is so boring, right? I always say when we agree, but I agree because, um, yeah, a breakthrough epiphany, whether it's in a relationship or just your life, it's like, it's something that either, it almost, for me, I think of it as like, if life was a simulation, that's like a clue that's like, oh my God, that's what it, I needed. Like, that's the, that was the, the code. That, that was, was the, the code or something like someone gave me a hint that was like, here you go. Like, here's the hint. Is she going to pick it up? Oh, she picked it up. Great. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah. What's so, a what's oh. a recent? <laughs> I was just gonna ask you that. Okay, go that's ahead. Cute. Ask me first. Yeah, that's cute. Uh, what's a recent epiphany you've had in your life? Not just not like in general. Comedy. Yeah. Um, a recent epiphany I've had in general. I think it's. I don't know if it's so much an epiphany or just um like coming out on the other side. But I feel like in every aspect of my life, I've been plateauing recently, and I think that I go through these waves in life where I just am like doing really great and I'm grinding and I'm going up and I go up and I go up and then I get to the top and then not I mean not to the top but I get to where I wanted to be and then I'm like okay now I'm here what's next and so I feel like um, I'm kind of in the process of having an epiphany because not every epiphany or breakthrough for me is like instantaneous it's like some of it takes a little while and I think right now I'm getting really close to being in an epiphany for like, um, like my, the way that I eat and exercise and like work life balance and, 
um, comedy and relationship, like, I feel like I'm just plateaued in everything, but I feel so, like, there's something inside of me that I'm, like, something's coming. So I'm going to see a hint. Something's happening. Every time I feel like this, something happens where I'm, like, oh, okay. And then I go with it, and then it ends up better. Yeah. Well, I mean, by definition, like, a breakthrough means that something's in the way. So, like, Mm, when you're facing all these obstacles, you're facing this plateau, it's, like, that's setting up for a true breakthrough because something's going to have to change. So Yeah, that's true. You're just gearing up. You're gearing up. What about you? you? Um, for me, it's kind of like both for myself and others. Um, I realized that people who are angry are actually probably either sad or scared. Oh, okay. So like whether it's myself or others, when you see like somebody screaming at like, a customer service person or screaming at somebody else, it's like they're sad or they're scared and they don't know how to express it because you can't just be like, I'm scared. I don't understand what's going on. Like Because then you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable. And it's mm. so scary to be vulnerable. So instead you, you act tough, you act scary, you get angry. It's like if you just listen to those people and let them feel heard and hear the sadness, the fear, it can take the wind out of their rage sails, basically. It can... Well, it what I'm hearing is like it creates a safe space for them because yeah. if someone is acting like uh, angry because they're fearful or scared or sad, they don't feel like they're in a place that's safe, that they can be vulnerable. Like human instinct is to protect and stay alive. Yeah. And if they don't feel like that, then they fight. They do. And so if you create an environment and you say, hey, I hear what you're saying, like you're okay, then it creates that space for them to go, oh, it, I won't die if I'm vulnerable mm-hmm. here. Like I can show my belly and they're like, yeah, you can show your belly. Yeah. Like, it's fine. We want to yep. rub. You want to give you a belly rub. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> a great, yeah. Great way. Of bl- we have a dog now. Uh, should <laughs> I? <laughs> yeah. that's. <laughs> um, I hope you're not rubbing bellies of strangers out in public. But yeah. It's like, they just, they need to be listened to. Like sometimes people are yelling because they don't feel understood or listened to. And they don't realize that screaming doesn't make it easier to hear. Are you getting this from couples therapy? Is it, what is this epiphany I mean, from? I is mean, this about me? It's no. about me. Am I the drama? No, it's like a it's <laughs> a combination of like the therapy I did personally myself a year ago paired with just like a lot of customer service lately at my job where it's like, oh, this person's acting this way because they are clueless or they're scared or whatever. Like if you can just be the calming, reassuring presence, it it takes the wind out of their sails so quick where they're just like, okay, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm having a rough day because my, my grandma's dying and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, so you're sad about that? Yeah, it has nothing to do with what's going on. Yeah. So let's just focus on this so it's one less thing. Yeah. This is now an uh, HR meeting. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, why would you get into HR if you're not going to use it in your life to make it better, you know? I guess. So It wasn't your choice to be no, in HR. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's important because these epiphanies and breakthroughs that like we're even talking about just in life, like they are so important because they help you grow as a person. Yeah. And without those breakthroughs or epiphanies, you kind of just sit and you that's fine. Like you can be like happy in what you're doing in that moment. But if you never have epiphanies, then and you're not growing, it's difficult to stay happy. Yeah. Because you can't like I'm not talking about like comparing yourself to other people and like being happy and then being better than other people. Just like 
learning how to communicate with others makes you happy because you know that you're moving with good intentions or, you know, moving in your health journey. Like we, our bodies grow and change. So we have to mentally grow and change. And you can't do that without having, you know, some frustrating moments and then break through and break, breaking through those like walls. Yeah. And an epiphany is like just the ability to accept you've been wrong for so long. And that's such a valuable skill that I think is missing. And it's so hard to do because it's like the internet exists to be like, you were wrong. You were wrong. It's like, we should be embracing that. Like you were wrong, but that's okay. Like as long as you had this realization, like, oh, I had an epiphany because I said this. And then somebody pointed out that that logic. And then you learn. Yeah. You take in new information and grow. Yeah. So let's talk about how it goes into our um, like relationship. Definitely. The love part of our podcast. Yay, love. Because obviously we've been together nine years almost now. And yeah. <laughs> we've had a lot of changes and I mean, most of our 20s, like we were together, we've been together most of our 20s. So uh, there's a lot of changes that happen in your 20s by yourself. And now you're like adding a whole ass relationship yeah. to it. It's a lot. Yeah, you're learning about the world while also trying to learn about some other person and how their perspective is different and it's evolving maybe at the same time, maybe different times, maybe differently than each other. Yeah, and that's scary. Yeah, so you have to have these like constant epiphanies and there's like things where a partner will say, oh, I feel this way when this happens and you suddenly realize like, you mean for nine years, every time this happens, you felt that way? And it's yeah. like, yeah. It's, it's like, like, why didn't you say that? Why didn't you say that? I wouldn't have done that. Or, oh, I would have done that more. Like, oh, every time you do this, it makes me so happy. Why weren't you doing it? Because I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So for love, um, Drew. Yes. What is the first moment you knew we belong together? We're just going to go right Ooh, into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, The first thing about you that made me realize, like, okay, she could be something was watching your first time ever doing stand-up comedy. Aww. Because it was just like, there was this confidence and I could tell you were in it for the right reasons. Like... But that's when you knew you wanted to be with me? That was, like, the first interest. But I think, like, (laughs) as silly as it's going to be, like, the first time I was like okay, she's somebody I definitely have to date and not just, like, be around, was probably when we performed with Joey Diaz. Oh, my God. And there was just, like, this moment afterwards where, like, you hugged me and we were talking and it was just, like, we were both a little vulnerable, just really honest, and it was just, like, okay, yeah, this this is something real. Like, there could be something here that I want to develop. Wow, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> like I don't re- I remember <laughs> I remember talking to Joey Diaz. Yeah. I yeah. don't remember talking to you at all after that. Yeah, we just like everybody was doing all their little things off to the sides and we just had a good conversation and I was like, okay, like she's mature ish. Were we dating when we performed with Joey Diaz? No. Or we were just talking and hanging out? Yeah, we hadn't even like gone on a date at that point. What? No, that was still when Whoa. Aurora used to do two things that were just like, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> uh, one, she would walk in and she would see like, I'd be wearing blue shirts kind of like this or more greenish. Um, and she'd be like, oh, did you know that wearing that color blue? What was it? Makes you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wearing light blue as a man makes you subconsciously more attractive to women because it reminds them of like 
their dad or like a father figure and okay. so it makes like you like women are subconsciously attracted to men wearing light blue just like men are subconsciously more attracted to women that wear red nail polish interesting and smell like vanilla oh okay yeah see and so she would just walk over and randomly be like "Ooh, you're wearing <laughs> that that shirt to be more attractive i'm like She's saying I'm attractive. No, and that's the funny thing. It's like I wasn't saying any of that to like flirt with you. I was just giving you information. You're just walking over. Yeah, being as attractive as you are makes women love you. And I'm like, uh, wh- what? <laughs> <laughs> there was that. Wow, we were in two different worlds. Two different worlds. We were into like that is not <laughs> like in my life. I've gotten like very obvious hints and not seen them and gotten not a hints that i thought were obvious yeah, these were not a hint and then the other one was aurora <laughs> used to do this thing she's like if you if you need to calm down you just need to be hugged firmly for 20 seconds and then you just hug me for 20 seconds and like we didn't know each other we were just like two comedians and you're I, like i'm gonna hug you oh for 20 my seconds God. that is so funny because i was literally just in college and i was pre-med so i was in all these stupid science classes learning about anatomy and physiology and just like sharing my knowledge and this guy's like oh my god she's obsessed with me yeah i thought you were oh my god no that wasn't it but i'm glad it worked out i mean you know it ended up working out fine it did thank god you thought it was that you know yeah because i would have missed the obvious signs when you finally started thinking i was attractive yeah. for real <laughs> yeah. not just and that is not the so that those two things first of all i don't remember the joey diaz thing at all okay i do remember the light blue this uh sharing information with you um that is not the answer those are not the answers i thought okay. you were gonna say what, what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say that you had an epiphany or a breakthrough the time where I stood you up with the coffees and then I came and hung out with you all day at the, at, at the, uh, there was a <laughs> conference or something. Yeah, it was yeah. like a health conference or something. No, I, I didn't think you liked me at that point. I thought you just felt so guilty. Okay, so this is what had happened. <laughs> Drew, I was, t- I was texting Drew the night before a call, or Drew and I talked on the phone or something. And he was like, oh, what's your favorite Starbucks order? And I told him, he's like, okay, I'll have that for you tomorrow morning when you come pick up these tickets because I was selling tickets to the comedy show that weekend. And I was like, cool, bet, 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 7.30 a.m., totally going to be there. Wasn't yep. there. Didn't show up. I slept through my alarm. I d- completely flaked on him. Cut to Drew Schaefer alone outside in the middle of downtown Reno, sitting on some steps by himself, yep. holding two Starbucks drinks, just waiting. I felt so bad yep. picturing this little guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just waiting. And um, then I called him. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I overslept. He's like, you got to come. If you want these, if you want this drink, you better come yeah. all the way down to South Reno, which was like a 30 minute drive. Yep. Come get this drink and these tickets. I'm not doing this for you nope. anymore. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so fair. I'll go. And so I went. And I was like, I'm just going to pick it up and leave at this conference in this conference hall. And I ended up staying. I like skipped my afternoon class. I've been, I skip a lot of classes. I've realized on this podcast, like, what did I even go to school? I don't think you did. Where did I learn all this information about science? No idea. No idea. Google? Literally no idea. So anyways, then I went and go, I went to go pick it up. And then um, you've told me though, that that was a, a defining day for you when I like stayed to hang out because I was only supposed to pick it up and then go to my class. I mean, I, I kind of thought maybe there was like some interest, but I don't think it was. Yeah. I don't think mm. that was as strong. It was like, I don't know. That was a, d- a day I remember. Obviously, It's a day but, you remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, th- so when I'm doing things like telling you scientific uh, facts and holding you in my arms, <laughs> which saying it out loud, I'm like, 
I could see where you would think that I liked you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that well, also just sounds like the weirdest, like, <laughs> weirdest kink. Nerd. Like, I love when you just tell me all the names of the planets and exclude <laughs> Pluto. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me about Pluto. Too small and blue. <laughs> oh, my Oh my God. Just like you. Small like and me. blue in your blue shirt. Um, okay. But, like, so what was it about that, though, that was like, oh, I want to, like, hang out with, I want to ask her on a date. I mean, I think it was, like that you like I said had like the confidence you had the sense of humor and those were things I was like okay I really respect those I'm looking for those and then it was paired with oh she seems interested in me too so I'm gonna (laughs) actually go for it because obviously I don't know I feel like especially back when we met there was a lot of this like I'm a nice guy girls ignore me like there was that's how you felt that's how I felt and a lot of a lot of guys did it was like I mean, a lot of guys now. still do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of guys still do. That so, don't grow and develop and have epiphanies or breakthroughs. Exactly. They still believe that Exactly. Shit. Yes. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm tired of being this guy who doesn't understand when, when a woman's trying to say, like, I'm not interested. Mm. So, like, it was right as I was starting to be like, oh, she's just being polite. I'm being, like, weird or whatever. Because I also had you know, female friends who were more into me than I was into them. And I'm like, oh, that's what it's like. So it became this moment of if a woman's not interested, I'm not going to pursue. I'm not going to make it weird for her. So it was like right as that was happening was when you started showing me what I thought were signs of interest. (laughs) And then it just kept like growing and growing. So I was like, okay, she's not avoiding me. She's not, you know, Yeah, I definitely was not avoiding you. That for sure was not happening. So yeah, it was just like, okay. She has these traits I'm looking for, and she's interested, so let's go. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. How about you? I So, as so I had an answer, mm-hmm. and then as you were talking, I thought of something else to add to that answer. Okay. So, the night I think that it switched for me, like, my epiphany was the night that your... Drew had a really old car. What kind of car was it? It was... That's a security question. I don't want to answer. <laughs> Never mind. It was, an old it. Car. it was an older car. Yeah. Drew had an older car. Over 100,000. This was before we had any kind of like income, basically, like when we were broke, broke, early 20s. Yeah, broke. when I was still a teacher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just say what it is. When Drew was a teacher, he was broke and couldn't afford yep. anything. Exactly. So um, anyway, so Drew had this really old car and it broke down as he was coming into Reno from Yearington, which Yearington from Reno to Reno is like an hour and two- a half. Oh, really? Yeah, hour and a oh, half. Oh, I thought it was like two hours. No. Anyways, it's a drive. And he drove into Reno for the weekend. I'm at my friend's house and we're all getting ready to go out for like a girls night dinner thing right and i'm like okay yeah girls night i'm texting drew drew's texting me drew texts me and calls me and goes oh my gosh my car broke down in sparks which if you don't know reno sparks is basically reno like it's like the same town um but uh so i was like oh my gosh are you okay he's like yeah i'm just like kind of parked in this dark street and blah 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 i was like now now i'm in this moment of like wait i have plans to go out with my girlfriends but this guy that I'm like hanging out with is like all alone. And I had this moment of like, well, I think I'd rather go hang out with him in a broke down car. Yeah. And wait for the tow truck. And wait for it, the yeah. tow truck. Like mm-hmm. that was like, I had those two options and I was like, bye guys. And I told them where I was going and I went and met you and we like hung out. And I think, I don't, I think we maybe got food or something. And then we became official the next day. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember I that. Remember that yeah. yeah. Cause you, 
because Drew stayed the night. Ow! Uh, <laughs> but no, because you stayed the night, and the next day we like made an official. Actually, I did because you had already asked me, and I said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the next day, so I think that night was like a big turning moment for me. But as talking about like breakthroughs, because breakthroughs can happen over time. Yeah. Right. It they like can. takes a build because you can't just like punch through a brick wall. No. You have to sometimes chip away at it. Yep. You know, bring in machinery, all the shit. Right. Yeah. So like. As you were talking about the comedy club, I was like, you know what? You know what pushed me, I think, was that I there was a girl, a woman that worked at the comedy club. What was her name? Jay. Jay. Lady Jay. Yeah. Lady Jay. Yeah. Holy. Sh- okay. Lady <laughs> Jay would see the way that you and I interacted. Mm-hmm. And she would always talk to me like when we were alone and she'd be like, oh, my Aurora, you and Drew are are just so adorable you i just see the way your your eyes light up when you see him and i was like no they don't ew gross you don't know me like don't talk to me like that lady jay i was so mad at her because i was like i'm single independent and i'm just hanging out with drew and we're fine right but she kept pointing out like no like every time you're with him you're so happy blah 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 all this stuff like super obnoxiously cute barf i want to throw up stuff but then i was like I, well, I mean, and then I started to hear from other people, too. And I was like, well, maybe they're all seeing something I'm not seeing, right? Like, yeah. even in myself. Because I had also just been done with guys at this point. Like, I didn't want to date. I didn't want to be in a really... I really wanted to be single. I was graduating college. Yeah. There's a lot of things. I was like, maybe moving. There's a lot of things in the way of me wanting to be in a relationship. But people kept telling me how happy I was around you. So I was like, okay, maybe I should just, like, let myself be happy. Yeah. And then I think that night when your car broke down, that was a night for me to go, oh, well, I think I would be more happy in the broke down car. <laughs> and then I, w- and then I, was, I went for it. Nice. So it was a breakthrough um, that got pushed and pushed until that night that became an epiphany for me. And then that's when I was like, I can't keep fighting this feeling. Like I enjoy being around you. I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy listening to music with you. I enjoy like I why am I fighting all of this happiness and then I decided to go with you this Aww. is so disgusting it's it so gross I'm it like is. feeling I'm like did you just see me itch my neck yeah. I'm like getting itchy just like talking like this ew I love you ew oh gross. god it's Cooties. so like yeah it's so weird for me to say it but yeah that's the it's the truth and it's like one of those it's like you said you know you took you probably saw it before I did the way that I was acting I didn't realize yeah. that I was doing that but everyone around me did and it was like that slow breakthrough to yep. The epiphany of being like, Aurora, you can be happy. Like, just be happy. Yep. Don't overthink it. Which yeah. you guys already know I do because we had a whole episode yep, on it. Yeah, we did. But- <laughs> <laughs> we've had breakthroughs. We've had epiphanies with each other in our relationship. But I think comedy also is sort of like a, a spot where you think you're doing it right for so long and then something happens and you're like, oh, I can do that instead. I also think it's really important to have breakthroughs and epiphanies in comedy because for so long in doing stand-up, there is no reassurance that you're nope. doing anything right. No. Like, there's no, there's nothing. Like, yes, at a certain point, you get some kind of something, a, a competition or something that's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing something, yeah. right? But for like a long time, you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and hoping for the best. Yeah. So you need these like breakthroughs and epiphanies to keep you going. Otherwise, it's, you don't grow as a performer. Yeah. And it's like you're doing open mics with other open mic people and nobody 
knows for sure and you're just trying things and it's yeah people are too nice nobody's gonna walk over and be like you suck you need to do this this (laughs) and this like yeah you just have to keep working your way through it and sometimes things happen on stage or off stage that change how you do comedy i think this could also be a conversation a lot of people don't know and maybe a lot of new comics don't know how to get from open mics like how to get past just open mics i mean it's kind of different everywhere but it also is kind of not it's kind of the same yeah but anyways go ahead sorry i didn't (laughs) no so i mean yeah let's let's talk about some of the stages so that's a great question from the beginning like you start out as an open micer what are some of the first things you start to learn and ways you start to evolve do you think I think, uh, man, that's difficult because I think the first step in like learning and evolving is having an open mind and a good attitude because so many times I've gone to smaller towns and I'm like, you know, you and I have been like, oh, let's just pop in for an open mic. Let's just see what's going on. And you hear the comedians talk and they're like, I don't get booked because of this. I'm doing everything right. And it's just bullshit and it's like whoa 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 what have you done differently in your power and your control and what is this attitude yeah it's something where there's like a little bit of delusion which is needed you need a little bit yes, to, you do. to keep going when you first start out because you kind of suck there's very few who start out anything whether it's comedy or something else with any skill so it's like you need a little bit of delusion but yeah some people it's just too far and then they get negative about it they're convinced they're the greatest thing. It's like, stay humble. They think stay that green. they're the greatest undiscovered comedian in the world. Yeah. And they haven't moved past an open mic. Yeah. Oh, We've seen it. There were parts of me that even I remember being like, I should be headlining already when I was like three or four oh, years in. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I... I commend comedians who are like, I never felt that way. But I'm also like, I think you're lying just a little Yeah. Bit. Like you're lying. Because when I first started, I was like, I have a hot 45. Easy. Yeah. And then I tried to fill four minutes and I was like, oof. Ooh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this is so hard. Yeah. You know? So I, I think people are lying a little bit. I did learn quickly. But it's because I have, I had and have always had a very open and good attitude towards growth in stand up. Mm-hmm. I think that you do too, because we're both competitive people. So like you can't get better without falling on your face and then having someone come in and go, this is how you don't fall on your yep. face again. And you're like, Oh my God, thank you. Cause that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you, you get lucky if you seem to be in it for the right reasons and you seem open to feedback, then comedians want to help each other. And that's like when I mentioned Joey Diaz, it's like we had these headliners coming through Reno that would see us could tell that we cared and they would be like, okay, well, here's what you can do to be be better. Yeah. And then getting that insight from different headlining, different Mm -hmm. touring headlining comedians, getting that insight is just like, so invaluable because they is that the right word invaluable valuable how do like I use inv- invaluable would be like yeah like you can't put a priceless? value on it yeah it's priceless, priceless? okay all right well anyways <laughs> it's very good information to have because you're getting different perspectives and different professional perspectives so like an example is speaking of epiphanies we've had in comedy, right? I think mm-hmm. that's is yeah. that one of the questions? Yeah. Okay. So one so one of the questions is, yeah, how did we whatever how, how have we changed and evolved mm-hmm. in stand up and we have these epiphanies. Um 
Steve Trevi- Steve Trevino mm-hmm. came through Reno, yep. and he sat me down. You down? Uh, Billy. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> the guy, remember from episode one where we talked about the guy that was super attractive that got Aurora into comedy? She just confused me for him. Trauma. Oh, good memories with Billy. All right. So. <laughs> I mean, I was there, but I was yeah, working. You, so yeah. I was back and forth. But you and Billy were like sat down, locked in. It was me and in. Billy. And I think one other comedian who obviously didn't take the advice. Yeah. But Steve Trevino sat us down. I don't think Steve probably doesn't remember this at no. all. But th- his little moment in doing this changed my comedy career mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. He sat us down. After watching our sets, which is so sweet, mm-hmm. he he was like called a meeting. He was like, "Everyone, grab a chair. Sit. We're we're talking right yep. now." And he he goes, "Aurora, what uh what are you?" And I told him, "I'm a I'm a human being." He said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, "Um, I'm Haitian and Indian." And he goes, "That's fantastic. The thing is, when you go on stage, people are looking at you. You're a very beautiful woman. Oh my God, thank you, Steve. You're a very beautiful woman, but you we can't." quite place you and so when you tell us your jokes you're a good writer but we can't focus on what you're saying wholeheartedly mm-hmm. because we're like where what what is she he explained it like when you go watch a movie and you see someone in the movie that you're like where have i seen what mm-hmm. who is this character i've seen this actor in another movie or something who is this and you can't fully you're like you're enjoying the movie you can't fully focus on the movie because you're trying to guess the actor yeah right you're trying to place the actor yep it's the same thing and i was like oh okay so he said at the beginning of your set it doesn't have to be a whole thing, but you need to talk about what you are. And I started doing that literally the next show. I was like, okay, I'm just going to tell them. I'm not even going to make mm-hmm. a joke. I'm going to be like, I'm Haitian and Indian, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to my set. Literally, instant, instantly, my laughs were bigger. They were longer because people could focus. Yeah. They didn't have to place me. Nope. That note changed me in my career uh, forever 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 and it's a big one for everybody it's like if there's an elephant in the room address it whether it's something about your appearance or something in the room and that's why you see so many comedians and why it's becoming like overdone like the i look like this because you're trying to address it but it's when you advance beyond just i look like this and you find something specific and unique and still satisfies the audiences like where do i know them from what what are they once you hit that, that's a great start. And then you can go. And if there's nothing remarkable about you, then just start with whatever your joke you have. Yeah. But almost also, everybody has something. But even if there's nothing, quote unquote, remarkable about you, first off, there probably is. Yeah. You just and haven't s- found it. Yes. And second off, talk about how there's nothing remarkable about yeah. you. Like, if you were such a plain Jane or a plain Joe or a plain... Josephina. I tried to make it they like make the name fit yeah. everybody. But um just talk about that. Be like, yeah. I am so plain. You probably all think you've seen me before. Yeah. That's how plain I like say something to address it. Cause if you're that plain, it's probably an elephant in the room. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that was an epiphany for that's me. A that giant was like epiphany early on, yeah. Yeah, man. And another one that really struck me. <laughs> I don't remember who told me, but they were like, hey, move the mic stand. I was like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. And for people who don't do stand up, that means move the mic stand out of in front of you, like from in front of you to the side. Someone told me said they said, hey, 
when you get on stage, the stage is yours. Make it your home. So take when that you, second. Take that second. People don't even notice it. Move the mic stand so it's out of your way, wherever you want to put it. But if you put it, leave it in front of you in the audience, it creates a barrier. Yep. I was like, oh, it shit. Does. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, what about you? What are some, what's an epiphany or breakthrough you've had in stand up? Did you find it yourself or did someone hand it to you? Like yeah, mine? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, same thing with like address the elephant in the room. That was a big one. Um, one of the biggest like epiphany moments was maybe five or six years ago. I was going down to Phoenix to do a show at the Tempe Improv. And I had just started having fun in my set. Like, it used to be like, I know I, I'm a good joke writer, so I'm going to be show how smart I am and how clever my jokes are. And it was like Tempe and like a few weeks before when I won the competition to get me the show at the Tempe Improv was like, just go out and have fun. Like, the crowd's there to have fun. If you're having fun, then it's just going to go well for everybody. And I remember walking off that stage and all the comedians on the show are like, holy shit, like, what was that? I've never seen that side of you. And I'm like, oh, I'm just having fun with it now. And then I thought like, oh, it's going to be like this every time. And then there would become shows where it's like the crowd has no energy. Mm. They're not fun. And then I would suck. And so it was like, oh, they're not always fun like that. <laughs> and so like the last couple of years have been like, how do I become so fun that even those crowds are like, oh, this is cool. Let's enjoy So how it. do you do that? Like how, how do you approach that? You just said, sometimes I go in front of crowd, like how do I need to go in front of crowds and have so much fun that they are also having fun. How do you do that? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. So for me, it's like being me. Like if you're at a party, you're not sitting there going like, hi, how are you? You're, you're like, not Yo, like trying up? to be fun. You're not trying to be fun. You're not trying to be funny. You're just like being yourself. And it's the same thing on stage. Like, if you're just having a good time, you're going to, like, think up jokes on the spot that are so funny and so in the moment. And that's what the crowd is looking for. They want to think you're, like, just spitting all these jokes out of the, like, out of your mouth off the top of your head. I think that just comes with being grounded. Like, everything yeah. you're saying, you're saying that you had an epiphany to go up on stage and be your, and make everyone feel like you're having they're having fun because you're having fun. Yeah. The only way you can have fun is by being in the moment and mm -hmm. being grounded in what you're doing. Yep. And that's been like, it was a big epiphany years ago. And I just could not figure out why it wasn't working every time. And it's like recently is where I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Why am I stressed? Like, if I'm stressed, they're stressed. If I'm, if I'm having fun and I know my jokes are funny, which most of them I know are, uh, mm -hmm. not all of them, <laughs> then it's like, it's way more fun for me. Yeah. And I think the longer you do stand up, the more you realize that the stage time is the reward. Yeah, it is. Like so, all the hard work is yeah. the writing, the watching tape, social the media, yeah, the networking, social, the marketing, the emails, all that stuff. So yeah, it's like that is the reward. So why would you not enjoy the reward? Like go yeah. on stage. Like this is the best part of our job. This is the yeah. whole reason we started was to do stage time, not to do all the business nope. side, right? Yeah. But you go on stage like have fun because yeah. it's the greatest job in the world. Like we get to go on stage and tell jokes and bring people from all different backgrounds together and laugh together. Like it's so cool. 
if you're having fun, they're having fun. That's yeah. a great epiphany. I think. And the other one, because I, I definitely want to bring it up. It happened just over two years ago. I, I feel like I know what this I've is. I've been telling you about it nonstop because it popped up in my memories. This was like a really big moment for you. Huge moment. So we yeah. did a show at a brewery in Rancho Cordova. And I went up there and like the crowd was kind of loud and energetic and whatever. And I did like joke, 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 joke. And some of them got some laughs and some of them it was like people sort of not paying attention. And then Aurora went up and just had a great set. Her standard, just great set. And I was like, okay, good. We're both amazing comedians. This is cool. And then a guy after the show was like, hey, when you're up there, like, I can tell you know how to write a setup and a punchline. Like, you're a writer. You're good. But Aurora, she's funny. Like, <laughs> she can talk about anything and make me laugh. Like, she's actually funny. That's so... And, like, cue, like, the Michael Jordan, like, and I took that personally meme because <laughs> I did. I was like, what you mean? Everything that she says is funny. Like, I was, like, I didn't say it out loud, but I sort of, like, nodded and went, okay, thanks, because he was drunk and whatever. But the next set that I got was at Laughs Unlimited, and I just went out there and didn't do jokes. I just talked from the heart about things that made me mad or upset or weird things about me. And at that time, it was the best set of my life. This is the, this is the cool part of this is that like this isn't the first time you've heard, um, not like not like this feedback, but like. I have told you and I've heard other comedians tell you and bookers tell you like you have your best sets when you go on stage and you're just like being yourself and having fun, right? Like yeah. going up and, and not trying to be the cool guy at a party. Yeah. You're just going up there and being a comedian and like being funny. But you had a hand like you had like a like a big hand come into your reality and drop you off a little clue yep. in the most abrupt way so you couldn't ignore it. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like everything in your career has been like, this is what you need to do, Drew. This is what you need to do. I've said it. Other comedians have said it. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But this was like that big hammer that came down that was like, this is what you need to do. And yeah. I'm not going to let you ignore it this time because it's going to hurt. It's like in sports, like every coach is basically saying the same thing. But some coach will have the right way of saying it at the yep. right time where you're like, oh, that's why I'm not getting the rebound because he just explained where my feet have to be, when I have to jump, like what I should be looking at, whatever it is. And suddenly that it's like, last little puzzle boom. piece. Yeah. And like for me, yeah, the anger of, you know, somebody saying I sucked basically was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. I mean, they did. I it's. I mean, it's good that you took it however you took it because obviously it helped you. But I don't think he meant that you sucked. I think that yeah. he meant that I'm a performer. Honestly, he insulted me too in the process because he said, "Oh, Aurora can Aurora can tell a joke," but he didn't say that I had good jokes. He was like, "You have good jokes, but Aurora yeah. is funny." It's like, does that mean I don't? Yeah. So he he was. Did I tell you I saw him like maybe six months ago at a show? Yeah, you did. And but tell the listeners. Yeah. So <laughs> I see this. You don't guy. need to look in the camera and tell him. I need to. I need oh to tell God. him. I need to break it down. Did you know? <laughs> um. So I saw him and. He remembered me, but not fully. And I was like expecting him to like say something afterwards. Like, oh my God. Yeah. You're so much better now. Nothing. So anticlimactic. Ugh. I was like, you changed my comedy by being so mean without trying to be mean. And I'm like, and he doesn't even know. Those people that are impactful in our lives don't even realize it and they don't care. Ooh, the epiphany. Yeah. it's, it's That's literally... an epiphany during the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it could the be. The people who are most impactful, 
impactful have no idea. So maybe we are the most impactful person for somebody. We could be. We Well, I mean, in everyone's story, I'm probably a villain. In someone's story, <laughs> I'm a hero. In someone's story, I'm the person that gave him an epiphany and then kept it moving. Yep. You know, and I don't even remember them. Yeah. It, it it's just it's just the way life is. That's why you just can never try and make anyone happy because people are going to make their minds up about you anyway, yep. you know. Yeah. But yeah, those are those are good epiphanies. I mean, there's and like you needed that moment because maybe around that time nothing was really happening in comedy mm-hmm. and then that gave you a push to push past that and like get better, right? Yeah, it really so did. because you were open to it, you received it and then you applied it and got better Mm -hmm. that's what we need in stand-up because who knows maybe if you didn't hear that or register it you would still be doing the same thing that you were doing two years ago and still beating your head against a wall doing jokes and being like this joke is like objectively funny like every part of it like it's well written it's a rule of three or it's a blah 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 why am i not doing better and instead now it's like yeah i go on stage and i'm just like what's up everybody let's talk let's hang out this is hang out yeah it's uh it's so it's so good to have these things. It's just so frustrating when like right now I feel like I'm just going through and not I don't have those epiphanies or breakthroughs yet right now, but I know it's going to come and I know that it's going to be like so worth it. It is. And I'm just open to it universe like whenever you're ready, please send it my way. I am rec- <laughs> open to receive your good deed. <laughs> Okay, everybody, boys and girls and everyone in between. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you say boys and girls, everything in between? Everyone in between. Not thing. Okay. What yeah. if dogs listen to our podcast? Well, they're a one. Okay. Okay, everybody, it's time for pocketed punchlines. It's pocketed punchlines. It's pocketed punchlines time. Boom. That was pretty good. That was good. That was beautiful. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Oh, yeah. let's explain really quick, just in case it's someone's first episode. If go this is your it. first time. These are jokes that we wrote in the notes on our phone that we either have not done on stage or we just wrote and never thought about again. And we try to see if it's funny or if it's something we can add to a set, our set and just see, you know, see where where it takes us. So I have one. Um, it's a bit about how I hate waiters and waitresses who memorize your order and don't write it down yeah okay okay so let's see how yours is let's see different from yeah obviously a lot of people hate it so my i don't hate it just ellen degeneres did a whole bit on this in her special yeah and maybe because i'm ellen too uh (laughs) this is from 2018 so this is pre her special oh okay um wow but my complaint is like when they get back to the table, I have to reopen the menu just to remember what I wanted to order. And they're just going to remember on the first try, like, F you. Didn't you used to be a waiter? I did, yeah. Did you write it oh, down? Oh, I, I wrote it down. I had I had shorthand, so like did you chicken go fried back steak and, like, with hi- CFS. You like highlighted, highlighted everything. You had it color coded. I didn't have you it. Re- <laughs> I didn't have it color coded, but you I would wrote like... it down. I'm make I'm making I'm tagging up your joke. Oh, I thought you oh, were like my... asking for real. You think that I actually thought you would write down the order, go back, highlight each thing, make little Some people pictures, do. Oh. make little pictures <laughs> on it, put little notes, and then Jim said he wanted lemon, and then he said oh, I don't want lemon, so maybe just put lemon on the side. I mean, those are. <laughs> 
you you haven't been a server so you don't know like yeah you write down like i would do salad and i'd do like bc for blue cheese and then i would cross things out as i brought them to make sure i knew i brought it so if somebody's like hey you never brought me xyz i'd be like oh my god i never put the order in or i'd be like oh no that came out somebody must have taken it or whatever so it was a system so to me it's like so frustrating that it's more a joke about my anxiety that like i literally will have to open the menu and find what i ordered just to remember what it is. It's like, okay, I want a cheeseburger. I want a cheeseburger. Like I'm rehearsing it as the waiter approaches. And then when they come by, I'm like, what do I want? Uh, Oh, let's open it again. It is stressful. And also it's really stressful when you change your mind or change something about the order. And they're like, okay, got it. And you're just like, uh, do you? you? (laughs) Okay. But how is yours different than Ellen DeGeneres? And mine's more the focus on my anxiety of it. Like, it's not so much that, like, oh, what is the waiter doing once they memorize the order? For me, it's, I can't even memorize my own order, and I picked it. And you're going to memorize my order on the first try? Like, you don't know me. You don't know me. I think that it could work, but it it would have to be, like, super-duper specific to your anxiety and then your anxiety as a waiter, like, how you would do it and how you did it. Like, otherwise, it's too similar to hers. Okay. I think. But yeah. I think it's good. I mean, you just it was just yeah, it was just part of a bunch of stuff about having anxiety and how it makes you different. Yeah. That's okay, it. I like it. Okay. How about you? Oh shoot, I gotta get mine. Hold on. Here I go in my phone. For pocket punchlines. Punch we got the funnies in our pockets, pockets and the funnies in our lockets. Pockets. Yeah. yeah. That was good. All right. I'm gonna just click on this. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, first two things say bath and body works and licking vaginas. Let's wow. keep going. Yeah, let's roll oh, past boy. that. Um, Not that one. Oh, <laughs> I actually remembered. I remember this very. Okay. Uh, I remember this very vividly. Oakland saying, happy birthday. We know what she wants. Uh, boyfriend got me necklace for my birthday. Didn't wear it because I don't want you to think I'm happy. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I got it not only to celebrate my birthday, but also my 1,000th blowjob. I'm a giver. He got it from Kay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this Oh, this was written on, well, obviously it was around my birthday. Uh, nope, it wasn't around my birthday at all. It was <laughs> <laughs> Just making shit it up. It was written on March 1st, 2018 at 7.21 p.m. Um, the Oakland saying happy birthday. I, you know what? I think I probably wrote that, uh, wrote this as a note as from a past memory because Oakland saying happy birthday. Do you remember when that, what, what happened? No. Oh, my, when my window got smashed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the way that Oakland says happy birthday, they smash your window and then they take nothing out of your car. Nope. They just are like, Hey, just, you know, big F you and there's your window. Yeah. Uh, enjoy spending $500 to replace that Mm -hmm. the boyfriend getting me a necklace thing well first off it was you yeah it would have been what necklace would that have been i got you like the infinity necklace i remember that oh i did break that um cheap it was cheap (laughs) (laughs) that's why it broke no i'm just kidding um but 
Yeah. Oh, for my thousandth blowjob. That's actually kind of funny. I got jewelry. Like, I give my thousandth blowjob and then, like, confetti confetti falls. Balloons come down and they come out with a check and they're like, congratulations! You've given your one thousandth blowjob! (laughs) Here's a necklace with an infinity sign. But it's like... That's, like, not the commercial that they use for K. That's not... (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? I did have a joke about um, every kiss begins with K. No. Every kiss should begin with consent. Yep. Um, but that's actually kind of funny because is it the thousandth blowjob I've given to that boyfriend or is or it a thousand? Yeah, time. for the life. Ooh. Ooh. Drama. Drama. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we have. Uh, I hope that you guys, I hope that everyone listening had some kind of epiphany. I hope so. Even if that epiphany is, we need to listen to more Drew and Aurora. (laughs) They make us happy. Yes, exactly. Um, Gosh, if you're listening to this, you kind of already know where to find us. But watch our YouTube channel because now we have a dog and she's so cute and she's laying on half on the table, half on my lap. Yeah. But follow us at The Love and Comedy Podcast on everything. Well, mostly just Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. But you can listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts and you can watch us on YouTube and please like and subscribe and download and thumbs up and rate and smash any kind of subscription button. Just really beat the crap out of it. That would be just like really abuse that button. Um, Please share with your friends and share the epiphanies and breakthroughs. I've been Aurora Singh, one of your hosts. You can follow me at Aurora Singh Comedy on all the socials and you can check out my website aurorasingcomedy.com for all upcoming live shows and updates and Please. also i just started um an amazon affiliate so you can also go look at the things that i tell that you to buy buys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm drew schaefer you can find me at drew schaefer comedy everywhere that's d-r-e-w s-h-a-f-e-r <laughs> comedy and yeah, I don't have my website up to date. So just follow me on social media. Yeah. I'm posting so many clips. And thanks for listening. I- oh, also, we put out episodes every single Thursday. Every Thursday. And um, also, Lucy wanted to say, hey, and she loves you. That's our dog's name. Yep. <laughs> All right. So thanks for listening, watching, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Love you. Bye.